Welcome to the Sexy Selfish Podcast Series. I'm your host, Shona Gates. I'm a women's life coach, success strategist, and a self-proclaimed badass. And I'm here to help you rediscover your authentic self, stop delaying your happiness, and step into your truth. This podcast has been created to connect, inspire, and nurture mums who want more. Are you ready? Okay, so I teach money mindset, manifestation, business mindset, all day, every day. It's my my thing. I've literally written two books about it. I have lots and lots of courses that people can take, but I get it. Sometimes people don't have the energetic capacity or the time to really sit down and dedicate a long-term relationship to heal with money, to heal with their mindset. So I was kind of thinking about this and going, this podcast is incredible. People can access it. It's totally free, which is obviously super powerful. And I'm really proud of this podcast. So how can I give someone a really actionable little tip, a little simple strategy that can really help them cut through the bullshit and actually create one of the biggest changes? Radical honesty is everything. It's like, stop lying to yourself. We teach this in abundant as fuck when we talk about about priorities and needs and wants and values. We talk about it in the overflow program when you've got self-sabotaging behavior showing up in your business. And it's really figuring out what you actually want. Why do you actually want to make this decision? Why are you not making this decision? So when you're feeling stuck with resistance, whether that's around showing up, in your business, whether that's showing up in your life, whether that's pursuing a goal and really asking yourself, why, what am I afraid is going to happen? The inner child in us searches kind of the depths of our subconscious for an answer. So you kind of have to be patient with this. I think one of the most powerful things I've learned as a parent of autistic and ADHD children is that sometimes it takes them a little bit longer for the penny to drop. It doesn't mean that the penny isn't going to drop. It doesn't mean they're not going to figure out the answer. But sometimes, and actually a lot of people's brains like this work like this, it doesn't have to be autistic or ADHD. Sometimes it's like water, like a creek finding its path. You ask a question and it can take the water a little bit of time to wind its way around the rocks and find the path. And then it finally, the penny drops and it hits its solution. And like it, that might be two days after a test and you go, oh, I know the answer to that question now. You know what I mean? So be patient with this. Sometimes when we ask these questions to ourselves to try to figure out where our resistance is coming from or where our fear is coming from. The answer can take a little bit of time, even though we think it should happen immediately, even though it can happen immediately. Sometimes the download's coming super fast. It can take a couple of days to hear an answer, right? When you hear the answer, trust the answer. And then it's diving deeper into the why and then asking yourself, 
that again and again and again to actually get the real why. And I talked about this in my Human as Fuck program, which is my very first course I ever launched back in 2018. I don't promote it very much anymore. I, you know, if you're super interested in it, let me know, but it's not something I am sharing all the time. But one of the key components of this, we talk about this metaphorical red string that every thought we have has an origin. And it's kind of, I don't know if you guys ever saw the ads for Melbourne where there was like this giant rolling bowl of red string and this like Cinderella style character, Alice in Wonderland would like follow this bowl of string. And it was a tourism ad for this, <laughs> the city of Melbourne. But I always had this visual in my head of like, when I have a thought, pull the red string, unravel it, follow it to its origin and figure out where that root is actually coming from. And you know, when you're doing gardening work, which it's kind of the time of year where I like weeding. (laughs) I don't know. It's like a weird thing. I know in summer when it's warm, I'm meant to feel like being at, when it's summer, I just want to drink in the sun. When it's like spring, autumn, winter, that's when I want to do activities and projects and like really nest in. But you notice with weeding, if you know, there's some weeds you grab and you don't pull the root out, you just pull the top and you know, you're going to have to come back and deal with that in a few weeks when it's regrown enough that you can grab onto it. Right. Even when you poison weeds, sometimes they come back. So it's this case of like, get to the root, pull it out by the root so it can't grow back, right? Oh, sorry. So you will ask yourself on average, I think about five times, four or five times to get the deeper resistance revealed. So you ask yourself, where is this coming from? What am I afraid of right now? Where is the fear? And then you have to, kind of dive deeper into that. Like why, why? So recently I wanted to trade my car. I wanted to get rid of the Jeep. And my husband and I have this thing now after all these years of personal development, where if we want to make a big change like that, like we're totally cool with it. If he wants to go buy a new car, that's totally fine. But why? And I'm going to push him and push him until I really get to the why, because often the why is I'm bored or I feel like I'm not going anywhere in life and my career doesn't have any prospects, but I can change my car and that will give me something new and exciting. And what can happen is we place these layers of like trying to justify our decision. So I told my husband, I'm thinking about getting rid of my car. And he kind of looked at me and he's like, it, it's your dream car, babe. What are you talking about? And I was like, oh, you know, petrol's so expensive and I don't know, like it's a really expensive car to run. Like it is, like let's not beat around the bush here. It's a Jeep Wrangler, it's sexy as fuck, but it's 14 liters to 100. Uh, 14, yeah, 14 to the liters, whatever it is. So it's like, it's it's double most cars on the road today. <laughs> so I can literally go half as far as everyone else for the same amount of money. Right. So I started talking about this. Oh, oh, you could really use seven seats and something a little bit newer and it doesn't have Bluetooth. And I started coming up with all these logical justifications for what was really an emotional decision. And so my husband being the personally developed pain in my ass that he is, who I love, but I'm just like, I kind of regret sometimes that he has such an expanded mindset and he's so deeply grounded in himself. Cause sometimes I'm just like, just let me whinge and be a normal human. And he's like too personally developed now to do that. He always calls me out my bullshit so quickly. And he did this time too. And he's like, I have no problem. Let's go test drive some cars, figure out what you want. I will help you make this happen. If this is what you really want. And I was like, Oh yeah, well let's think about it. And he's like, why? 
And so I started with all the surface layer stuff like, oh, because it's so expensive to run and I'm doing so much driving with the kids and I want them to be more comfortable and we could really use seven seats for our friends and stuff. And he's like, okay, why? Because I'm anxious parking the car and, you know, it's so much and we can go so much money for it now. And he's like, okay, why? And that's when, so he asked two times and we started to get really into what was happening. He goes, okay, why? Because I don't like people recognizing me in my Jeep. And he's like, okay, now we're getting somewhere. Why? And that's when I didn't even subconsciously realize I was holding on to this. I thought my car's so expensive to run and I really want something with leather and a sunroof, even though my, literally my entire roof of my car can come off. I, on a surface level, I'm like, I'm making a smart decision for my family. This is a good choice for us to like, look at a more fuel efficient car with seven seats and stuff. Subconsciously, I didn't like my car being recognized. It happened a couple of times recently where people have sent me Instagram stories that they'd seen me driving somewhere or they were like, what are you doing at this hospital? I saw your car. Or is this where you live? I think I saw your car around this area. And then there was people who would send my photos of me or my car to friends of theirs. Like, who's this Shona from Sexy Selfish? Like, aren't you friends with her? I've been approached a couple of times in a street after people have recognized my car, kind of figured out where I was having coffee and they came to get a photo. I know I sound, I sound like such a flog saying this right now. I, I don't, I hear it coming out my mouth and I'm like, what a wanker. But like, this is, I'm not making this up to sound famous. Like I'm really not. I think, and as well, like my dad said, oh, you know, how's your book doing and everything? I'm like, oh yeah, it's doing well. You know, um, Someone asked me to sign a book the other day in, in the main street of Tananda and he was like, oh, that, yeah, that'd be nice if that happened, wouldn't it? And I'm like, no, no, dad, it did happen. <laughs> it happened on Tuesday. <laughs> this is what happened. And he was like, oh, okay. And it's like, I'm not a million followers. I'm not big in any way or sense of the world, but there is this like part of being seen now, part of being so visible that a little part of me was scared, was really scared. And I wanted a bit more anonymity. I don't know if that's how to say that word. I wanted to be a little bit more anonymous. I wanted the same car that every other mum drives with nothing, no identifying features on it. And I kind of just wanted to fade into the background a little bit. I think it scared me. It really scared me being recognized like in the doctor's surgery, um, in the main street, you know, like, and like out being asked for a photo when I've got a mask on and I'm sweating and the two year olds running around crazy and I'm trying to organize, you know, presents for a friend in a shop and there's stuff everywhere. And I just realized like, I don't want to be seen. And so then he goes, why? And it's like, I don't want to be seen because then people will know me and they won't like what they see. Once people actually get to know me, they won't like what they see. And there is so many reasons that I still have that belief in my head, to be honest, <laughs> like a whole book's worth of reasons that the trauma from past friend relationships, bullying, like so many things that have that belief still 
ingrained in me that if people really know me, the real Shona, they're not going to like what they find. I've always felt like I'm a little bit too much for people. So it was interesting, this kind of progression from, babe, I think I want a new car, right down to, I'm scared of people seeing me and I don't want to be famous. I just want to help people without people knowing who I am, which then we dug even deeper into this thing of like, I'm scared that people won't like me. I'm scared that people won't like me. Even with like a hundred personal development books on the shelf right behind me now as I'm recording this, even with all that work, there is still this little part of me that doesn't want to be seen, that wants to help people in a massive way, but wants to do it from behind a screen. And when my well-knownness from behind a screen translates into reality of my little hometown life or, you know, within my state when I'm going to events and stuff, it freaks me the fuck out. You know, I I never did this to be well-known. I did this because I wanted to help people. And whether it was my face on it or not, it didn't matter. But it's this constant programming of then asking why. What is this thought coming from? Where is this belief? Where is this decision coming from? If I was coming from this decisive place, and I think my husband, this is what was really great about this whole car scenario. Because he really, we know each other now. And he's like, is this a logical reason that you're trying to find an emotional connection to because you think it's the best choice for our family? So you're trying to convince yourself that changing cars, even though you don't want to, is a good option? Or is this an emotional choice based out of fear and kind of like a broke bitch attitude that you're now finding logical reasons to validate that fear and that emotion that this is the right choice? So there's so many different ways to look at it and it gets deeper and deeper. And I'm sure there's some area in your life you can think of where you made a decision and then maybe consciously or subconsciously, it was actually rooted from a completely different place. So when you ask yourself, you know, before healing my money story, I really had to go through this and ask why I was feeling resistance. And the answer was that I was feeling resistance when I was trying to make more money. So... I ask why. And it's like, I'm afraid what people will think of me if I start making a lot of money. Why? Because I'm afraid they will push me out of our friend group, that they will think I think I'm better than them. Why? Because I've always struggled with making money and because people kind of feel threatened by how ambitious I am. Why? Because I was taught that the more money you make and the more successful you are, the more greedy and horrible and evil and selfish you are. The next step, once you get to the very root of that belief, the very root of where that thought has come from is saying and asking yourself, who taught you this? Where has this come from? A lot of the time it's from our parents from our experiences, from the media, from just society in general and the expectations and the shoulds placed on us. Once we can identify where that thoughts come from, ask yourself this, and this is really the defining moment. Is that your story or theirs? You get to choose. The first step is identifying and like getting to the root cause of the belief. The second part is 
acknowledging where it came from and forgiving and releasing because where it came from did not intentionally decide and choose to fuck you up. You know, they weren't waking up in the morning and going, I'm going to create a toxic belief system in my child or the TV shows aren't putting out, you know, we're going to fuck up these kids for the rest of their life because (laughs) we're going to make um, the rich Malfoy Malfoy family the enemy and poor Harry Potter living under the stairs, really the hero. They're not intentionally deciding to fuck us up, right? So forgiving and releasing that that was not their intention. And then asking yourself, is this their story or is this mine? And can I give myself the permission to release this story and rewrite something that serves me now? Because that old story and that old belief system is no longer serving you, right? It might have at one point kept you safe and warm and within your family unit, but it is not serving you anymore. So can I give myself permission to release this story and create my own? And the answer is yes. Yes. And then the next step, and this is basically goodbye money guilt in a nutshell. That's what this, <laughs> this podcast is. You can go and download and read the audio, like listen to the audio book. And it's going to go a lot deeper into this with a lot, many store, like a lot more stories to help reinforce the messages and help you, you know, trigger your own thoughts and beliefs. But in a nutshell, this is the process, right? This is the process that I outlined before I wrote Goodbye Money Girl. Asking yourself, what would I like to believe instead? What's my new positive thought process around this? So for me at the start of my journey, it was like, I decide how easy it will be. I decide that money gets to be my BFF and I decide that Um, you know, I get to make money every day in lots of different ways. So you get to become the author of this next chapter of your life and you get to write your new story because the reality is making more money doesn't have to be hard and it is simply an amplifier of what is already inside of you, right? All the good parts of you are amplified when you have more money. The ones who love you, like really really love you will love you no matter what. All right. This is what I had to learn when I lost almost all of my friendships back in 2018, all of them. It helped me realize the people who really did love me were still there. The the real people were still there. And now I've created and cultivated an amazing community of women who love me even if I'm being a broke bitch or if I'm a rich, abundant, wealthy, successful woman. They love me on my good days and my bad days. They'll send me flowers when I'm having a shit day and they will send me champagne when I'm having a good day, right? So the people who love you will love you no matter what. And so making more money will bring you less stress and more fulfilling experiences and the ability to help a lot more people So your success creates this massive ripple effect where it just ripples out to every other area of your life and creates so much more good in this world. So let's just recap. This is the outline for Goodbye Money Guilt, the book. This is the process that that whole book takes you over. What's your relationship with money like right now? Acknowledge it. When you have a limiting belief pop up or a negative thought around yourself, your worthiness, your enoughness, your deservingness, your money... Where is it coming from? Ask yourself why and keep asking till you really get to the root of it. Where did you learn this? Is it your story or does that story belong to someone else? And then can I give myself the permission to release this 
and create my own? And the answer should be, yes, I can. That's my little mic drop moment. I'm going to leave you with that. So much to process and think on. I would love to hear your feedback for this episode. As I said, this is the very nutshell version of Goodbye Money Guilt's framework. This is essentially the strategy that I took and wrote a whole book about how to go through this per- this process as if I was sitting next to you going through this process. So if you resonated with this and you'd like some more information, go and grab a copy of Goodbye Money Guilt. There's audiobook, ebook, and physical paperback copy. So lots of different ways for different learning styles. And if you'd like a little bit more information than this one, make sure you head on over to the website and check out Abundant As Fuck, my six-week online program, because that as well, once again, takes you through that process in an even deeper way than the book does. So (laughs) takes you through that and so much more. And we do it together with accountability. So there's lots of different options if you've resonated with this. Otherwise, go forth, conquer, and I will see you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mums Manifesting Wealth podcast series by Shoni Gates and Team Sexy Selfish. Please leave a like, comment, review and share and don't forget to subscribe. The more you share, the more people we can impact and the more awesome free content I can create for you all. If you're wondering where to go next or have some feedback for this episode, you can hit me up on Instagram at sexy underscore selfish visit our website www.sexyselfish.com we've got heaps of freebies there for you guys to check out as well thank you so much for listening have an amazing day